what's up ghoul kids welcome back to another episode of the ghoulish gallery with your hosts me tasha and journey who has already involved himself in this each week i have a guest from a different location here to tell us about their local spooks haunted places cryptids urban legends and all that fun stuff and this week we have horror author robert harold robert or bob i go by bob but uh okay. on my book says robert Okay, from Washington State, good old Pacific Northwest, home of Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, home of Bigfoot is kind of like his his stomping yeah. grounds, right? Yeah. Indeed, Sasquatch. Fantastic. Canada. Uh, I really wish I had made it up that way when I lived in California. I made it up to San Francisco, but I didn't quite get the rest of the way. Oh, so. it's still here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need to. So yeah, thank you for, you are in my way. Thank you for volunteering to come on for this. I've been super excited at the area that I've covered so far with everybody that's pitched in. Are you originally from Washington or are you a transplant? Well, I was born in New York in Brooklyn, but I came out out here when I was three. And uh, so I've been sort of naturalized as a Washingtonian. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that qualifies. Um, I was born in Rochester. I'm originally mostly from that area, but I've bounced around. So now I'm down. Now I'm down in Tennessee. Don't miss the winter at all. Mm-hmm. Is it, does it get that bad out in Washington? Well, it rains uh, for, I think, 190 days each year. <laughs> and it starts in the middle of October and goes until the 4th of July. And then from the 4th of July until again, mid-October, we're one of the driest places in the country. So it's oh it's weird <laughs> contract. There's right no happy now, medium. <laughs> right now we've got a lot of rain coming, so. Oh goodness, I don't know. Especially after living in Southern California for a while too. It was, it's really hard being somewhere that actually gets rain on a regular basis again. I'm just used to just cloudless skies and sunshine. Mm. So have you always been a horror fan? Is it something that just kind of developed along the way for you? Well, I I think I come by it pretty honestly. It was sort of forbidden fruit for me. My mom wouldn't let me watch creature features when I was a, a kid, but she eventually caved in. Uh, not literally. Um, <laughs> it was something I was addicted to. And uh, in fact, I wanted... You know, a lot of kids want to be, a f- at, when I was growing up, wanted to be astronauts or firemen or policemen or teachers or doctors or lawyers or what have you. I wanted to be a werewolf. Oh, and that's awesome. <laughs> we have our rare snows here in Seattle. I would walk halfway out onto neighbor's lawns and then make um, little dog prints with my fingers as far out as I could stretch and then back <laughs> and... And go fetch the neighbor kids and point to the lawn and say, look, someone has turned into a werewolf on your front lawn. <laughs> and they were they were skeptical. <laughs> no belief, no trust. That's horrible. No. Now, do, so, you, do you remember what your first creature feature was? Uh, let me think here. Well, I, re- I do remember Black Sunday. Uh, and uh, it it begins with a witch being executed with a mask that has spikes on it, 
placed over her head and someone hammers it. Um, oh, wow. And uh, I was about eight or nine, immediately turned off the TV and hid under the covers. Oh, no. <laughs> I went back and checked it out. It's, a, it's actually a pretty cool movie. I'll have to look it up. I, I I don't think that's one that I've heard of. And of course, my poor list is so long at this point. I feel like I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna make it. I was surprised by some of the because I I did not give enough credit to black and white movies at all. And then I saw the original Nosferatu and White Zombie and love them both. So I finally have expanded my horizons and I've been trying to stretch out, you know, and mix up what I'm watching. Yeah, well, there's a whole slew of them and some of them are pretty stagey and what have you, but some Mm -hmm. of them are are real gems. One of my all-time favorite films is uh, Black and White and it's from England, originally called Night of the Demon, but in America it was called Curse of the Demon. And... Mm -hmm. It's just a fabulous film. So I would strongly recommend you check it out. Oh, and a, a real gem of a film that I just saw recently is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. And, on Shudder? Uh, it is on Shudder. And uh, I saw it on the Criterion channel, but I believe it's on Shudder as well. It's a, a, a gem of a film. It was purposely shot in black and white with oh. a, an all Iranian cast speaking Farsi. Oh. But it was filmed in, in California. <laughs> they <laughs> they never would have been able to get away with making that movie. And, <laughs> so it, it's a great little film. I just saw it. I have to, because I've had, of course, in addition to this enormous list that I've created for myself of movies to watch, I also have like the watch list that I've built on Shutter, And that one's been on there, but I haven't gotten to it yet. So I'll have to, I'll have to bump that up the list. Yeah, it's like a combination of Jim Jaramouche and, and the Lost Boys. Um, oh. And alternately weird, um, funny, and, and scary. It's That is like the best mix ever. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have to bump that one up. If I have time, I'll try and watch it tomorrow. So how did that turn into, like, have you always written and just kind of, well, I I have always toyed with writing for a long time and did some early um, uh, writing that was in a variety of different genres. I had three pay- plays published for the school-aged market years ago, and uh, well, two of them were adaptations of Shakespeare, and one was an original farce called Killer Slugs from Space or Slime Doesn't Pay. That's and- awesome. <laughs> And then I tried to balance family, job, uh, writing, and also music because I play saxophone and flute. Oh wow! Uh, I just couldn't couldn't make it happen. Giving, <laughs> not giving short shrift, particularly to the family, so yeah. I let writing go for a while. And then uh, about a dozen years ago, I de- I decided to come back to it and. Uh, uh, I've been having a blast and I've had, uh, well, I started off writing pilots for television series and I did well in a number of contests, but nothing went any further. And uh-huh. so I talked to a, a, a 
television guru. His name is Larry Brody. He's written a thousand television shows and he runs a contest, various other things. And I had two in the top five of his contests. And I wrote him and I said, listen, what, what should I do next? And he told me, listen, you need to move to LA. You need to do it. You need to do it now. Um, and I have people who I want you to meet. And I said, well, the fact that I'm 58, that was a few years ago, uh, mm-hmm. matter. And he said, yeah, forget it. He said, there's a, <laughs> is a real thing in Hollywood and it's yeah. hard to in when you're older. Not impossible, but harder. And he said, well, there's other ways you can break in. You might try writing a novel. And I thought, oh, I could do that. And so yeah. I, I started writing novels and found that I really liked it even more than um, I, I, I thought. And so that's become my primary focus right now. That mm-hmm. and stories. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm trying to, I've got, I did my review, of course, for the the first one. And I've got, I still have, I've made a list of everyone that was sent to me. And when I read it and when the episode or the post gets published, and I still have three more spots under your name for the other ones that you sent. So those will, uh, I'll be getting to those. I had to, I felt terrible having to close submissions, but I got so many to the point. I was like, okay, I just need to stop. I need to make sure I'm all caught up and then we'll be good to go. Well, I'm honored that you chose to read my, my work. I, I appreciate it very much. Yeah, absolutely. It was a very fun read. I definitely enjoyed that. All right. So what kind of crazy, creepy things do we have up in Washington? Well, you mentioned the Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Yeah. And uh, there's a number of allegedly haunted locales and mm-hmm. one of my favorite haunts <laughs> pun intended as <laughs> <laughs> for, for film until well about a, a decade ago was the the harvard exit which was this great sort of uh, art house film venue and it was allegedly haunted it was originally a uh, a woman's club years ago and uh, it was it was a fabulous place. You'd walk in, and there was a it was like a, a an old style living room with a fire going, and and cheese and crackers on the table for those who were too cheap to buy popcorn. <laughs> As a teenager, I was among that. <laughs> I, I, I'd fill up the the cheese and crackers such that they, they were all up my arm. As I, <laughs> you know, this is as a teenager. I tried to make up for it. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, generous off roots later but mm-hmm. uh, I, I did talk to the staff about the alleged hauntings and they told me that uh, yeah they would walk into in a, in a room and the radio would go on just unexplainedly and and other times there was supposedly a uh, a person who was upstairs and the door out to outside started rattling and it was it was a, a one-way emergency exit. Uh-huh. And so that people couldn't climb up the emergency stairs. It was- Sneak so, in. Yeah. And so uh, this person was freaking out. Another person came up and they opened up the door and nobody was there. And so a variety of other things like that that held its way there. Right now, it is a, a an embassy for, I can't remember which country. Uh, oh, Uruguay or Guatemala. I haven't heard anything of it <laughs> continuing to 
<laughs> no international hauntings happening. <laughs> Nothing yet. That'd be a hell of an international incident. Like <laughs> it would be. we might be in trouble. <laughs> they're, they're breaking relations with the country due to a haunted headquarters. <laughs> I feel like the idea of haunted theaters are a lot more common than I realized. Um, with the documentaries and ghost hunting shows and stuff like that that I watch and even among different settings for movies like theaters seem to be involved a lot which is an interesting thing you don't typically think of you know oh of course people died here so obviously there's going to be spooks so Mm. it doesn't seem like a place where that would be a thing but they're they're like everywhere I um I never encountered one there. Uh, I, I, the most spooky thing I encountered there was a rat running across the the stage. That's, <laughs> one, that's bad enough. It was an old building. <laughs> I did mention it to the uh, concessionaire and said, "Well, you know, I can appreciate that. You know, they like popcorn. They like good movies, <laughs> right? But uh, <laughs> want to do something about their rats, <laughs> right?" Well, they give them credit for good taste. However, yeah. other people might not be so forgiving. <laughs> now, do they have like a ton of museums and stuff like? Because did the gold rush go that far north? Yes, in fact, Seattle um, advertised itself as the jumping off place to go up to uh, the Alaskan gold rush, and, uh, and so it advertised in papers all over the country, and also. Uh, internationally and as a consequence a lot of people came to Seattle to buy their supplies and so as a whole the the merchants in Seattle made out uh, and got rich and most of the prospectors came back empty-handed oh no (laughs) and then they were stuck because they didn't have anything and everybody else was loaded at that point so there are my brain just died in the middle of my question no worries are there, because it, I'm being right there by Canada, that's a pretty popular spot for cruise lines to take off too, isn't it? Yes, we have um, a number of cruise ships that put in at Seattle. The uh, The pandemic put a damper on that, but it's they've, oh, come back. they've come back. And the number of cruise lines are, in fact, even relaxing their uh, restrictions. But yeah, they've, they're a feature and Puget Sound is the waterway out of Seattle and uh, so it's a, a nice sheltered area for big boats to come in and then go up north. I thought it was really morbid the first time I heard it but now it makes a lot of sense when they talk about especially Alaskan cruises where for so many people that's like the last thing they have to check off their bucket list so they have like morgues on these ships because so many <laughs> older folk you know go to see these places and then they're like well I've seen it I can go now and pass away on these cruises and I just can't even fathom being on a cruise ship that has to have a morgue on it. (laughs) I mean, it's like a horror writer's dream, but. (laughs) A death ship. In fact, I hadn't even heard of that. So that's definitely something worth investigating. Yeah, I'll have to look into that then. Because it's, I, while I was living in California, I had a couple of friends that went on an Alaskan cruise and they said people were talking about it. And I was like, that, you know, like you said, at first it's horrifying thinking of like, oh my gosh, this is really a thing. But then, you know, you're like, well, I mean, 
I guess that kind of makes sense. Like you've been holding out for this one thing and you've Mm -hmm. accomplished it. So my work here is done. (laughs) Very happy, I suppose. So, right. Um, So what other, are there other cryptids up that way other than the Sasquatch slash Bigfoot? Well, uh, the native uh, folks had a number of, um, uh, mythical creatures often to explain the disappearance of kids uh, or to use to scare their their offspring into obeying themselves much like the boogeyman as used in uh, Western society so uh, you know we're not all that different <laughs> every uh, culture has that uh, that frustration yes, <laughs> If you don't finish your dinner. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, D.B. Cooper was up that way as well, wasn't he? He was. He uh, hijacked a, <sighs> a plane and uh, uh, demanded, I think it was $100,000, which Something. doesn't seem like that much now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Inflation. parachute and <laughs> go out of a plane and they did find uh, some bills washed up uh, along one of the, the rivers in eastern Washington. So he may not have made it, but his, his memory will live on forever. There was a, a pub called D.B. Cooper that was very popular in Seattle for many years. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's another one. I can watch every documentary under the sun and not get bored with what they've got going on it's so frustrating now when you get into some of these mysteries that are a little bit older now and you know when it comes to dna and stuff like that there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to to figure anything out so that's always frustrating i need an ending (laughs) yeah that's that's true i uh, sometimes these true crime shows and in a kind of a uh, unsatisfying way, and uh, the the person got away, or it was never really established for sure. Although there's strong suspicions, it's not as neat and tidy as fiction. So no, that. although to be fair, I that's another thing. You know, I I didn't like black and white movies for a long time. Um, I have finally reached the point where I can appreciate an ambiguous end because those used to infuriate me (laughs) but I understand it as you know kind of an art form at this point and I may not like it still but I can appreciate it yeah indeed sometimes I find that the case as well now for the stories that you've written like I said I have the series that you sent that it's Idola, right? Idola, right. It's a, okay. a word, for, right. Um, word for ghosts. I think I had like six different ways of saying it in my head. So I'm super excited. I got that on the first try. Um, now, do you prefer to write like a mix of supernatural, little bit of creature feature? Do you have one that's especially near and dear to your heart? Well, I... I taught history uh, to junior high and middle school for 
for many, many years. And so I, I do have a passion for that. And I find the, the late 19th century a fascinating time. It was sort of the, the dawn of the modern age and people were thinking they'd figured most things out. And uh, mm. it was uh, a, a time that also that supernatural investigations were, were all the rage. And uh, in, in particular with this, I read a, a, a fascinating uh, uh, nonfiction book called uh, Ghost Hunters, William James and the Search for Scientific Proof of Life After Death by Deborah Blum. And it talks about William James, who was the father of uh, psychology, a Harvard professor and uh, father of psychology in the US. And his, his brother was William James, famous for the turn of the screw and a kind of other uh, giant romantic tomes. And anyway, I imagined uh, William James leading a group of ghost hunters and getting caught up in all kinds of uh, supernatural adventures that uh, uh, risk their lives. And so uh, it's it's been a blast. In fact, the third book has them coming out to Seattle and oh, fantastic. Uh, going out to the, the coast. And this is in 1885 mm. and a hundred years before twilight, but they end up in the same region. <laughs> uh, being terrorized by a, uh, a, a demon that can change. It's a, it's a shapeshifter and can change into anything or anybody. And so they're having well, a hell of a time. Uh, <laughs> well, the big question to, now is, does it glitter to... in the sun? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold that thought because my dog is chewing on something he shouldn't be. Sure. He gets annoyed that he's not the center of attention. So he gets spiteful. Yeah, yeah. Dogs are like perpetual two-year-olds. They, yeah. it <laughs> is terrifying sometimes. Yeah, that was one thing that I really liked because I'm I was a true crime fan before I was a horror fan and especially the forensics and the science and everything else. So it was really cool to have, you know, be able to kind of have this mental image of what that would have looked like when these things were first starting and when people were first starting to look at it more intently. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard one of my favorite podcasts does does um, it's historical stories, but it's like the unfiltered version that, you know, kind of gets brushed over, which I'm sure you absolutely understand as, as a history teacher. Um, and one of them is about Houdini kind of going head to head with a spiritualist and oh my gosh it just it cracks me up to hear like some of the things that that they would try to get away with back then but people just didn't know any better so it's funny that there was a point in time where well of course still sometimes where you know they were more likely to believe someone putting on an act during a seance than you know the pursuit of scientific research into these things so no, I, I definitely appreciated that aspect of, of those. Well, I enjoy reading a lot of uh, uh, true incidents and historical details into the stories, but I try to make it a hair raising uh, 
tale as well. And so I like to mix the fiction and, and the history together. Mm. And also a, uh, it's a, a, a great window on, on ourselves to see many of the issues that they were dealing with in the 19th century are ones that we're still dealing with today. Drug abuse, um, feminist issues, uh, racism. Yeah. These things haven't gone away. And uh, so it's, it's the historian Barbara Tuckman had a, a, a coin of phrase through just mirror. Uh, I, I find it a fun and fascinating way to sort of reflect on our own issues mm. as well. Yeah, that's like in the most simple version, you know, we all hear same shit, different day, same soup, different bowl, right? everything else. And that's absolutely, you know, we think we've come so far and we're so enlightened now, but really, <laughs> are right. we? Are I we? I <laughs> feel like there's still a lot of room to go there. Hey, shh. Okay. So how sucked in do you get to Sasquatch and all these theories revolving around I, I think the best one I've heard is that it's he comes through an alien portal and that's why we never find him because he's bouncing back and forth between dimensions. <laughs> that's I think that's top of the list at this point. Okay. I, I find all of those fun and I enjoy reading uh, tales of the unexplained and uh, <coughs> folk tales, a variety of other things. Um, I don't stay up late worried about them or <laughs> troubled by them, but I, <laughs> I, I think they're fun. Mm. Now, are there, is there any particular aspect of horror that you don't enjoy or like subgenre that just doesn't vibe with you? Well, I don't want to alienate potential readers, but... <laughs> personally i mean uh, not necessarily that you like don't like but it's not your sure. favorite like i i kind of struggle with body horror sometimes it just yeah. it makes me cringe i have to cover my eyes uh-huh. i still try but well um a lot of slasher films i don't really care for it all that much um mm. and yeah yeah and films like saw and such they're they're okay but i i, I I don't personally enjoy them all that much. Uh, Crazy I'm, I'm amounts poor. of horror and yeah, I, I think it really needs to serve a story, and so I'm not afraid to to, to utilize gore <laughs> in a story mm-hmm. by any means. But uh, uh, I, I feel it should be done in, in service of a of a story, and you know, the slashers often just take advantage of. Uh, uh, you know the the startle factor to convey mm-hmm. a lot of jump scares the, the scares right and i i like to just ratch things up and keep things tense through mm-hmm. a variety of, of other factors um but there's some exceptions um i i really like psycho the alfred hitchcock version and i also really like american um uh, american psycho those were those were really great slasher films. And so there's exceptions to everything. I just finally saw American Psycho uh, a couple months ago, I think. One of my friends has been on me about it forever. 
and it was it was a really good movie i really enjoyed that and of course it's another one of those where for a second i was angry at the end because it just kind of left me like wait what <laughs> happened <laughs> didn't happen like i don't understand anything right now but i think too that it's equally as important that's one of the things that i've come to appreciate about you know the kind of open-ended resolution or lack thereof is how long i find myself talking about that film afterwards mm-hmm. so i definitely have developed an appreciation for that too because you know you can sit there and say you didn't like it but here you are three weeks later and it's still got you tied in knots sure really it did exactly what it was supposed to do right right yeah uh, as far as i'm concerned i it's uh bloody good so (laughs) absolutely are there of the most recent films is there anything in particular that you're fond of i well i really enjoyed get out i thought that was yeah just, just first rate um his his latest film sort of less so um but uh as a whole i think he's just got is bringing a lot to the genre and uh i'm I'm interested to see what he's going to do next and hmm, well as i mentioned uh a girl who walks home oh yeah yeah. that that was uh that was a a a great look you know more recent find Mm -hmm. Yeah, I need to, gosh, there's so many on my list. I've I've gotten a lot better this year about, I think I have a new appreciation for going to see movies in theaters after being deprived of that experience for a while. I do love a good drive-in theater. That is, that will always have a special place in my heart. And I'm really excited. We've had some new ones pop up locally. So I feel like that's just a whole new uh level to the experience that you know just like it's unique to go to a theater it's just as unique to be sitting outside in the open feeling vulnerable as you're watching did you see did you see signs with yeah so my dad took us I was in like eighth or ninth grade I think when that came out Um, Uh my dad took us to the drive-in to see that and with as rural as it was where we grew up we were surrounded by cornfields so I will forever remember that experience as a whole watching that movie because I thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> this is horrible. Why would you do this? Cartfields have played a major role in, in horror. <laughs> that, I mean, kids hide in them. Aliens hide in them. Like everything is out there. Everything. Baseball yep. players, although they're <laughs> horror, but... Well, it depends on your perspective. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, have you ever had any experiences yourself that you would consider paranormal or leading you to believe in anything in particular? No, but uh, people have relayed stories uh, having trouble thinking of some just right off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But uh you know, I'm uh, sort of an agnostic. I'm unwilling to say 
no, I don't believe, and but I'm not really willing to expend a whole lot of energy yeah. uh, towards that. But I have a lot of fun using it as a tool in my novels, and I think the supernatural is a lot of fun. Yeah. Are there character, do you find yourself pulling from people that you know in the creation of your characters, or do you just start from scratch and build from the ground up? Well, a number of the incidents in that first novel were actually based on true investigations of the supernatural, which I fictionalized. But uh, and uh, a number of things that happen in in each of the novels are are true. There's a a an asylum in uh, my my second Idola Project novel, uh, Moonlight Becomes You, which is about a werewolf that is uh, terrorizing an African-American community mm-hmm. in Virginia. And uh, there is uh, an asylum that plays a, a prominent role in the, in the book. And that's a, that's a real place. Mm-hmm. And in, uh, as I mentioned in uh, the third book, they come out to the Northwest and both the experiences on the train and what happens in Seattle and uh, also out on the coast and, the uh, the prejudice that people experience and the uh, the technology I, I weave those into the story and, and have a lot of fun with that, but uh, I, I think it helps. Uh, there's a, a word very similitude where things have a feeling of realism, and I, I try to evoke that so the supernatural seems just that much more real. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it definitely, especially because from my perspective, of course, because there's so much science involved in it, you know, you're kind of in that mindset of, you know, you're watching an episode of Forensic Files or something like that. You know, you're you're seeing the science, even though it's still kind of in the growing process and still being fine tuned and everything. Um, it just it kind of gets you looking at things from that perspective. So when something happens there's like that oh shit moment of you know (laughs) right okay let's let's go all scooby-doo in the gang and try to debunk this first and then when we can't right we're out of luck so i that's an approach that even with my documentaries and stuff like that i don't particularly care for the ones where they're just jumping every time they hear a sound and everything is proof of everything um you know i like to see that they're trying to recreate things and trying to debunk myths and and stuff like that mm-hmm. so that's definitely an approach that that i'm on board with well again it makes the realism makes the creepiness factor that much more potent yeah fun. yeah it definitely did and the places that you're writing i know you said you've lived in washington since you were three have you been to most of these places uh well or some of them at least yeah some yeah nantucket uh which factors in the the uh the first book mm-hmm. uh i just talked with friends and <laughs> read a lot on on the internet i haven't ever been mm-hmm. uh i would like to just haven't ever managed to get up that way uh mm-hmm. cape may was the closest that i've been and uh uh I can't remember exactly what you were asking. <laughs> oh, no. Um, in terms of places. like cities that they visit and stuff like that, like how many of those that you've 
you've well, been many, able to see personally? Many, yeah. Um, well, the one in uh, set in Washington, well, that was you know my own backyard. And in fact, there is part of Seattle, an, an older part in uh, what's called Pioneer Square, which uh, has haunted tours through. And uh, mm-hmm. there's also an underground uh, portion of the city when the city, uh, a lot of the, the central business core burned down in 1889, I think. I, for, I get a little fuzzy on, on the year. But uh, they put all the rubble into the middle of the street and then built up the new the buildings. But there was so much rubble that in order to cross the street, you had to go out and climb up a ladder and go across <laughs> and then go down a ladder to go into the, the building across the street. And so what they ended up doing was raising the street level up a whole story and so there was uh the first story became underground of these buildings and uh eventually the merchants gave way to dens of iniquity and opium dens and white slavers and what have you that was rumored to be there and uh a variety of supernatural tales are often associated with it in fact there was uh there was a supernatural series in the late 60s early 70s Kolchak um, it was a ghost hunter um, it was fictional but uh, there's an episode that takes place in underground Seattle and uh, they've, they've left one of the props there that is pointed out and there's very funny uh, tours if you ever get up this way oh. uh, the underground tours uh, led by a, a very humorous historian named William Spell and the uh, the tour guides it just uh, bring a lot of humor uh, to the, the tours and yeah they're a lot of fun I would I would need that because underground just makes me nervous like the the movies I've seen that are related to you know catacombs in France and you know the descent where they go spelunking and right right <laughs> Well, I think that's a core fear in many people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Completely rational. Absolutely yeah. understandable. Yeah, that's been um, kind of an unexpected side effect, I guess, of doing the podcast now is one of my goals has always been to get to all 50 states and I'm at 39 right now. So right. now I'm hearing all of these stories and quite a few so far have actually been from states that I haven't been to yet um there were a couple that um like I had one that was in San Diego and I lived in San Diego for a little while so it too is exciting to be like oh my gosh I remember that place I just had no idea what kind of history it had right so it has one it is improving my uh geography experience and knowledge and it's given me like a whole list of places that I want to see. And I feel like now, you know, I know people in different places and they've made recommendations that I have faith in and everything else. So it's, so I feel like it's giving me a lot of excuses to do more traveling. It'd be so much fun. There's definitely, I know it's, of course, it's on everybody's list, I feel like, but you know, I'd love to go visit Salem, Uh see how things go there my my younger sister she actually she's we're we're 19 years apart and 
she's going to be 16 in January and as incentive to try to get her to do more with her homework because somebody has been slacking um (laughs) I was like you know we if you can get your grades up we'll take a sister's trip and you know just the two of us will go take a vacation somewhere so I'm expecting her to tell me that she wants to go to the beach or you know she wants to rent a cabin somewhere something along those lines and instead she tells me that she wants to go to Roanoke Virginia or well I guess technically isn't it right on North Carolina line yeah um that's where she wants to go and she starts rattling off all these theories about what happened to the colonists out there Uh I was like I'm so proud of you right now (laughs) (laughs) that's my girl (laughs) all right (laughs) that's definitely one that's uh that's on the top of my list so yeah no it's it's been so much fun having having these conversations and you know getting to see people that I interact with on a pretty regular basis it's always nice to put faces to the the names and um actually get to chat with people so it's it's been a lot of fun a a writer friend of mine just went to Salem I think for for the Halloween and uh, just had a blast and she was posting uh, a lot of on the, the town and about the history oh. so just fun things to do oh. so maybe you can encourage her to go a little further north um so jealous <laughs> yeah that is a that's definitely and i read i couldn't tell you who for the life of me what the name of it was but i remember reading a book when i was a kid that was supposed to be from the perspective of someone who was like a descendant of someone who was who was tried for being a witch in Salem. Um, as a, as a kid, I pretty much permanently had a book in my hand. And as soon as I finished one, it was replaced with another one. So the benefit to that is that I got to read all these things. The downside is that I can't give you titles, authors, nothing, because there's just this little piece of my brain where I'm like, I remember that story was about this and that's all I got. But that. I feel like that's another one where science, one of the discussions of like hallucinogenics and psychedelics and things like that, that they may not have been aware of. Science is a beautiful thing. (laughs) Indeed. So um, uh, I think your, your fascination and with, with reading is, has served you well, obviously you, I think it really, I, I, taught history for many years as i said in middle school and junior high and i mean as a school encouraged reading we stopped everything and just read for a portion of the day just to encourage that that's fantastic yeah my my favorite teacher in high school was actually a history teacher i was actually still in touch with him as of just a couple of months ago um and at one point i wanted to be a history teacher and now just seeing how kids are in the store i'm really glad i didn't become a teacher (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i could have done it (laughs) i have so much respect for anyone who is uh who is undertaking that because i just like ugh, nope (laughs) well i had a lot of fun until i retired i um 
I really enjoyed the classroom. And in fact, I taught a history of film class where I introduced them to uh, uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari and others, uh, famous uh, black and white films as well. I, I, I would highlight each decade and talk about how films were reflecting what was going on through the history at the mm. time. And uh, also had a history of science and technology class called From the Big Bang to the Big Mac and uh, lots of other classes that were a, a lot of fun. But uh, the thing that, that got me was correcting papers. <laughs> I just, <laughs> uh, it, it wore me, that wore me out. Um, but uh, I believe it. I'm still correcting, but it's my writing <laughs> or others <laughs> right <laughs> in my circle of friends. So. Speaking of being haunted. <laughs> now, do you think that your background with that kind of better prepared you in terms of doing the research for, you know, the more specific things that you get into, like with the science and everything? Well, I... Um, often come across various things that just pique my interest through history and so it's fun to include those but uh, recently I've been writing um, I, I mentioned I think before we started this um, conversation formally uh, a series of books that are set around Friday the 13th and uh, those my it's it's a group of 13 authors writing 13,000 words each that are distinct from each other, but they, they come out on Friday the 13th and we're, we're helping each other uh, with that as well. And there's been several um, groups that have come out and the next one is gonna be on uh, January the 13th and uh, Friday the 13th of January of 2023. But that um, is actually a, a sequel to the one I've written earlier that is set in 2015 in Seattle. It's about a, a grad student has, who was targeted for execution by a, a modern coven of witches. Um, and uh, he doesn't know what the hell's going on. And it's it's a lot of fun. I get to weave in a lot of local color into. Oh, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's gotten kind of easier to tell. I mean, a really good writer can put you anywhere they want to put you, you know, when you're reading it. But I think especially now that I've gotten more involved with indie and I have a general idea of where people are from, you know, and what they're writing about. I feel like it just adds that little bit extra when you can put your own experience in there as opposed to, you know, watching a documentary about a place and then writing about it. Mm -hmm. So that's always, that's always fun. Well, one of my horrifying experiences with this latest endeavor with uh, these stories was uh, this cool old Victorian home that was on Capitol Hill in Seattle. That was, uh, I, I was going to do a, a little uh, YouTube uh, thing about a scene that is I, I've got in the in the book that is set there but when I went there it's been torn down and it's now just an apartment block oh no uh, I was like ah the horror the horror that uh, is horrifying so. oh, that's always sad and I see 
especially because I I'm just outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh-huh. So there's, you know, some old factories and stuff that are like right along the interstate. And I just have this picture in my head of how they would be like the coolest apartments. And I'm sure there's all kinds of asbestos in there that nobody just wants to mess with, but I would, I would so much rather see things, you know, restored or repurposed as opposed to just torn down and poof, they're gone. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a lot of the area around here is, is, is relatively new compared to the East coast. And so especially to Europe, uh, you know, it was fun in France, walking up the steps in Notre Dame for the recent oh, yeah. fire and uh, you know uh, seeing the gargoyles up close and stuff on the top and mm-hmm. <laughs> pretending I was Quasimodo <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, a, a lot of the building here in, in the northwest is relatively new now there's some older stuff but it's not that old it's you know 19th century yeah east coast it's it's, it can be a hundred or two, even 200 years older. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I have a recording coming up. I think the next week or the week after with an author from Iceland and oh. I cannot wait to hear what they've got going on up there. So I was supposed to go the summer of 2020 and then of course everything shut down. So my trip got, it was going to be my first official overseas trip. I got a, got nicks there of course for obvious reasons so it's that much more fascinating to me to to be able to sit there and hear about and I can't they've had so much time to grow and nurture all of these stories that I feel like it's just gonna be fantastic so much more behind it Uh, Iceland and Scandinavia has a lot of rich um, culture of uh, horror and suspense writing and uh, it can be a lot of fun. And in fact, there's a lot of great television shows on Netflix that have come out of Scandinavia. And uh, there was one recently, I'm having trouble recalling the name that we watched that was set in Iceland. So there's one I've added to my list. I think it was like the chestnut man or something like that. That was, that's a great, great little uh, book and, uh, and series as well that is that's on my list so i i try especially with netflix i wait until a series is done and i know that there's nothing else to look for because i watch things and i fall in love and then they cancel them so (laughs) i'm like you know what i'm just gonna give it time let it see let's see what happens and then i'll watch it right well um netflix does drop a whole series a whole season at once so um, you don't have to wait for, for things on Netflix that way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, a lot of others sort of string you along over a number of weeks. Mm, it's, it's terrible. All right, sir. Is there anything else that you'd like to hype while, while I've got you here? <laughs> I've, uh, well, um, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to me if anybody would be interested. Uh, my... Um, my website is um, robertheraldauthor.com and email is email at robertheraldauthor.com. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm gonna it's go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I'm still so mad at myself for doing that. 
Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and link everything that I've got for you in the episode so that they can find you. Um, and then I'll link the, the review I did for the, the first installation of the Idola project so far. And yeah, I like to, if I can steer people in directions, especially for books, I'm, I'm all about that. So. Well, awesome. Get all those in there. Delightful being here and delightful chatting with you. And um, uh, thank you again for for joining us. Yeah, unfortunately, four thirty in the morning comes early, so I've been I I try to be good about sticking to about an hour, but there have been a couple of times where I've looked down and I realize that it's like nine o'clock, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is real. So yeah, no, that was, it was a fantastic conversation. I, it was nice to hear about that section of the U S cause like I said, I have, I didn't quite make it that far when I was out there. So. Well, it's still here and it's a lovely part of the country. Uh, if you don't like rain, I would encourage you to come sometime between, uh, between July 4th and uh, October 15th. It's, I will, it's, I will definitely plan accordingly. <laughs> uh, but I actually enjoy the rain and uh, oh. it's, it's not a problem, but my wife, she struggled a little bit with that. <laughs> oh, she's from Pennsylvania. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty similar to my weather. So I get that. But yeah, no, absolutely. It was it was a blast having you on. I very much appreciate you volunteering to, to come on and chit chat. And I said, I'll link all your stuff. Hopefully send somebody your way and uh, we'll definitely definitely still be in touch oh awesome yeah feel free um anytime and uh it was a blast oh good i'm glad glad you enjoyed it i'm I'm waiting for somebody to be a smart ass and be like this was horrible and i hated it and i'm never doing this ever again (laughs) okay should i say that no i'm kidding (laughs) just message me that in about 20 minutes and i'll be like oh i knew it (laughs) it was it was lots of fun Take care. You too, sir.